listener production. You, you, you got clear questions, we got clear answers. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to another episode of Come Out Wherever You Are. Today is Friday, and that means we're having our favorite segment, Queer Questions. We're going to do everything like normal. We're going to uh, ask questions, and they're going to be really, really queer, but today is a little bit different. I'm not nervous at all. I'm not sweating. I'm not freaking out, but I'm sitting in front of Billy Eichner and Luke McFarlane, the stars of brand new Film Bros, which is the first gay male rom-com from a major studio and the first movie at a major studio to star and be written by an openly gay man. I saw the movie last night. Absolutely loved it. Thank you. And I'd like to welcome you. You are the newest members of the Come Out Wherever You Are family. (laughs) Thank you. you Thanks for for having having us. You got queer questions. We got queer answers. So I was sitting in the theater yesterday and sitting there thinking, how many times have I been in a cinema waiting to watch something queer? Mm. And I'll be honest, was pretty difficult. Like I could count it maybe like on one hand. And I was wondering if you could recall, both of you, a time where you saw a queer person, one of your earliest memories and what that meant to you. Yeah, I think there weren't many growing up, Mm. but there were just enough to kind of let me know that there would be a world out there where uh, I would be okay. I remember on the early seasons of MTV's The Real World, I'm old, so you know, going back to the early (laughs) 90s, I forget when the first season of The Real World was, but I think it was the early 90s. All those seasons always had an openly gay or bi man. Mm. The first one was Norm on the first season of The Real World. And I was even, and I was, I don't know how old I was, 12 or 13, I was not out at all, but always very drawn to those Mm. characters. And Pedro Zamora, of course, who died of AIDS, who was on the third season of The Real World. Um, And MTV, I had playing on a loop, and they were always pretty you know, ahead of the rest of the culture when it came to highlighting LGBTQ people. So that was that was powerful for me. I remember uh, my family used to watch a lot of TV together and uh, Roseanne uh, and yes. um, Sandra Bernhard. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I remember that in relationship to my, my father once saying, I hear there's going to be a gay character on Roseanne. And I don't know where my father had heard this because <laughs> yeah. he didn't exactly follow like pop culture. Yeah. But I remember being like panicked that it was going to be DJ because he was about the same age as me. That yeah. I, I don't know the actor's name. Right, right. But I remember being afraid it was going to be DJ. But it was Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah. yeah. Wow, those moments we latch on to. I remember the first time I ever saw a queer person in a movie was one of the uh, like Dude Wears My Car films. Oh. And it's not even a gay oh. character, right? It's a gay kiss. And everyone laughs about it. The two yeah, of them in the car, the yeah. audience is a joke, and yeah. me thinking, okay, I'm a joke. Yeah. That like mm-hmm. cements in your brain. And so the yeah. power of having someone my age or yours seeing your film and going, oh, we're a joke. We're allowed to make jokes of ourselves, but our love is not a joke. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's powerful. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So, Bros is an all queer cast. You both have played straight humans before. <laughs> Why is it so important that queer people get a chance to play? characters that look and talk and more importantly have sex like Mm -hmm. we actually have. It's just part of wanting to tell our stories authentically so Mm -hmm. that the audience sees an authentic version of ourselves. You know, I think a lot of the gay characters we get in TV and movies can sometimes or historically have been a bit one-dimensional, especially when it's a more comedic circumstance, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, we're multi-dimensional, complicated people. It's important for LGBTQ folks to see that reflected and also important for straight people to see that reflected so they understand a little bit more about who we are. I mean, I think we go to the theater and we go to the movies so that we don't feel so alone, you know? And if we do feel alone, that it's okay, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Absolutely. And I do think there's a lot of like little nuances in the way we talk about love that is experienced uniquely for a queer person. And sometimes when you're watching someone uh, put, you know, play that performance as a queer person to know that they understand you, like mm -hmm. truly understand you, feels so rare to sit in the audience and have a bunch of people holding each other, all the queer people in the audience last yeah. night grabbing each other, Aww. going, oh, they get our experience. Mm, that's, that's powerful. That's awesome. Wow. Thanks. A lot of times as queer people, we don't feel that we can be ourselves fully, especially around people that we love, our family. And mm -hmm. I think one of the more powerful parts of the movie uh, are those nuances specifically with your character, as Aaron, with his relationship to his family. Why is it so important to show viewers that moment of Aaron asking Bobby to tone it down in front of his parents? Because to me, that mm -hmm. felt like I had never seen that happen on TV. Yeah, you don't often see it, but it's something that I think a lot of us have gone through. Mm -hmm. I've actually heard, you know, straight friends of mine who've seen the movie, straight women that I know who've seen the movie have said, my ex-boyfriend said that to yeah, me. Yeah, that's right. You know, that I have like a big personality or that I'm loud and that when his parents come around, I need to tone it down. So I don't think it's even exclusive to gay people, although I think it's very prevalent in mm -hmm. LGBTQ uh, relationships. Um, but yeah, I think we're all very self-conscious about what our parents think of us. A lot of our parents are obviously older. They're from a different generation. And, you know, I, I think that uh, if you're someone who has a bigger personality or who is outspoken, you know, um, you probably have experience with people telling you to shut up, you mm -hmm. know, and to keep quiet and to not take up as much space in the world because it scares them. Yeah. Um, and it really speaks to their own insecurity oh and their gosh. own inadequacies, yeah. ultimately. Totally. Yeah. I mean, Aaron has so much rage because he's worked so hard at trying to sort of, you know, look and be a certain way. But it, it's like, remember when you were a kid and your, your mom would want to, like, drop you off at school and be like, don't embarrass me. Right. It's kind of, it's like almost yeah. going back to that sort of same yeah. experience, except for not putting on your parents, putting on your partner, because yeah. you worked so That's hard so to try to look a certain way. Yeah. Speaking of your character, my podcast is about the coming out experience. We really zero in and allow Aussie celebs to kind of share their journey. Mm -hmm. And we don't get to see the coming out stories necessarily. We get to get an insight into your character and maybe the relationship he has with his family. Uh, specifically, we get to see your mother being quite supportive but struggling with teaching mm. young people about queer history. But we do get to see a very masculine father and a very masculine like sport-driven brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, because I know you think about backstory how do you think they would have responded to a hockey-playing son coming out as gay? Well, I 100% know that a hockey-playing son who is mm -hmm. gay has come out. I'm from Canada, so, <laughs> yes. so there are a lot of boys that play hockey, and I know there are a lot of boys that play hockey that are also gay. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, we actually did shoot a scene where uh, Aaron came, came out. Where we see Aaron coming out to his brother, brother. like a flashback. Okay. And we a also tiny, shot yeah. it was a short scene. We also shot a flashback of me being kind of this flamboyantly gay young kid singing show tunes for his parents, yeah. right? Um, but ultimately we wanted to, we didn't want Aaron's parents to come off as homophobic in mm. any way. Like yeah. I'm sure if they had any awkwardness around it when he was a kid, they are have come around to a place where they're very loving and supportive, but it's him and his issues. You yes. know, it's like Bobby says to Aaron, Aaron says, can you tone it down? And Bobby says, they're having a great time. What's your problem, right? right? It's really his issues that we're focused on, you know, as opposed to whatever his parents might be going through. Yeah. Love it. In the film, you give viewers a very, very accurate, almost too accurate uh, insight into our dating lives online. <laughs> and by dating, I mean sex in some ways. The popular introduction of Hey, What's Up, which I've used roughly 2,050 times, <laughs> is used throughout the film. And I've just wondered, personally, 
is there, what is better? What would you like to receive? Because mm-hmm. gosh, it's hard. Um, I, don't, I don't have any problem with Hey What's Up. I just think it's so funny because it's so, Hey What's Up ends up meaning so much, but you don't want to say any of that. So yeah. you just say, Hey What's Up. You know, it's, it's everyone trying to sound kind of bro-y and non-emotional, mm. right? It's, uh, it's a way of covering up your vulnerability. So it's just like, Hey What's Up? Like, I just want to fuck. Like, but, but you don't just want to fuck. Well, maybe you do in that moment, but like, ultimately we are more than that, but we very rarely talk about it. Oh, it's so true. And even when someone takes the effort to do something different, they really spice it up. Um, (laughs) And you're like, actually all along I wanted something different. And in this moment, this is making it harder. So if we can go back to the gay script, that would be really (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I'm a gay father. I have two kids who are literally sitting in the lobby. Oh my my goodness. I was very excited to see children in the film. Mm-hmm. And specifically to see them pop up throughout the film in scenes where conversations about gay love mm-hmm. and sex mm-hmm. were occurring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, I feel like there's this climax of the film where Bobby's getting in a fight with Aaron's mother and whether or not that second graders should learn about queer history, it felt like as a parent, mm-hmm. there were opportunities for me to consider how my children hear about my life, mm-hmm. our lives, and if mm-hmm. we're comfortable or not. And I thought, why did you think it was so important to weave specifically those kids in throughout mm-hmm. the film? Because, you know, we're so overly protective of what our kids know. We're trying to keep them ignorant, mm-hmm. right? And um, so much of LGBTQ life, the reality of it, the history of it has been erased, you know, from certain sort of mainstream cultural conversations. And I just think, like, it's a part of life. It's like what my girlfriend in the movie says to me. I say, maybe we shouldn't talk about anal sex in front of your children. And she says, oh, please, it's a natural part of life. And I actually know a lot of straight parents who are that way. Granted, we were all, like, theater students, so we're very, like, liberated. Um, but but I think that's just a healthier way to be, like, so that we don't have a stigma attached to it, so there's no shame attached to those things, you know, because there really shouldn't be. Um, I mean, we can talk about how much you know, kids should know about sex in general, I guess. But to say like, oh, it's okay for them to be bombarded with imagery and information about straight sex, but we can't talk about gay sex. That Let seems, alone violence. Yeah, a hypo- yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, But that seems very hypocritical to yeah. me. It was wonderful for me. I actually feel like all of my straight friends are more interested, borderline desperate for their children to have access to me in a way mm-hmm. they don't care so much about their straight friends. That's funny. It's like, oh, here's Uncle Sean, yeah. and this is where you see his ring, he has a husband. <laughs> He's normal. And it's fine. Yeah. Anal sex. Like, they, like, <laughs> can we make sure that their kids That's are That's good, better? though. That's progress. Yeah, that is exactly. good. But it does make you feel a little bit like a sort of, like, rare sort of thing, which sometimes makes me uncomfortable. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I wish I could just be a little bit normal, because I've had the exact same experience with my, uh, with my sort of straight friends being That's like... That's funny. Yeah. I do think a lot of parents, modern parents, millennial parents who grew up around more gay, openly gay people, are just desperate to be the good parents to young children who could potentially be gay. Even if they are not, it's a step in the right direction. And I think the movie covered that. It's basically like these kids, no matter who they are, we're not saying 100% Mm -hmm. that they're both gay or whatever, but I can guarantee they'll be more accepting. And then Mm -hmm. as a parent, ooh. I've had the funny experience of a lot of... uh, um, people saying my son or daughter has said that I'm gay, but they're like, but they're they're not. They just sort of wanted to, really? to be cool. saying that. To yeah, that not even really to be come around cool, but just to sort of be well, maybe to be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like surprise them or something. Yeah, and the parents are like confused because they want to be like, oh, okay, I support you, but 
some of my girlfriends who are moms are disappointed that they, they had like two sons and neither one is gay like they wanted a gay son I hear that all <laughs> of the time all the time it's amazing and people ask yeah. me as a gay father like are you hopeful I'm like no, no. yes it yeah. would be easier but no yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny the reverse yeah so I'm an American living in Australia there are a lot of queer Australians who feel held back in the creative space it's a mm. smaller industry mm. right less opportunities to make film, less opportunities for stage Mm -hmm. productions. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid, justifiably, to put work out there, to ask for funding, to audition for the straight roles. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder for both of you, you obviously have this exact experience, what advice would you want to give to Australian queer artists? Mm. It depends on what type of artist you are, obviously. Mm. Um, You know, I think if you're a writer, um, the goal should always to be, the goal is always to be honest. You know, and that's a cliche, right? What you know and all of that, but it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if you're honest, then you will have an audience out there somewhere. It may take you a minute to find them, but, um, and, and for all artists, you just have to keep going. I mean, persistence is key, you know? And if anyone tells you that there are any rules about the type of work you should be doing or shouldn't be doing, ignore them because no one knows anything. Mm -hmm. That's the only rule is that no one knows anything in show business. Everyone acts like they do, but they know nothing. That, that was, we, we, were, were talking we were talking about, about that just yesterday. the other day. Yeah. Nobody knows anything. <laughs> I also think we are in a very sort of special time, and I don't know if this sounds patronizing, but like we we can produce our own work and get it sort of beamed around the world in a way like no other time in history. Yeah. Mm. And do that work, and it is work, and it's mm-hmm. arguably harder because you don't have anybody to please. It's just mm-hmm. you and your sort of bedroom. But that's really where it all starts anyway. Yeah. So send it out there. Mm. Final question. All of my Aussie colleagues want to know, are there any Australians you'd love to make a rom-com with? Any rom-com moment you want to have with an Aussie? I mean, I have two big Aussie crushes. Hemsworth and Hemsworth? (laughs) (laughs) Hemsworth and Banna. Oh, Eric, Eric, Eric Banna. Yes. Those are, those are two. Good my, answer. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, we, Liam Hemsworth was supposed to do a cameo in Bros. Oh, there's your answer then. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was going to do... Not um him. No, I mean, he's obviously not LGBTQ as far as we know. But uh, he was going to do one of the cameos and then he couldn't because of COVID here and lockdown. Mm. He couldn't fly to the States. But yeah, we almost had a Hemsworth. Bros 2. Bros yeah. 2, yeah. <laughs> Bros is out in cinemas from October 27th. Luke and Billy, thank you so much. Thank for your time. you. You're delightful. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much. Come Out Wherever You Are is presented by me, Sean Zepps. Our lovely producer is Lindsay Grain. Our executive producer is Lemma Zacharia. And we can't forget our audio producer, Chris Marsh. That's it. See you next week. <laughs>